On this episode of PPC Talk, we're going to talk to the founder of Prestazon, and he's one of the smartest data scientists in the business, Ben. He's now part of the Helium 10 family, and he's here with cutting-edge PPC strategies. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And, and before we get started here, just again, thanks to uh, the DJ Slushy, who used to be a, or he was a guest on this show a few episodes back, and, and he's the one who provided that intro music that you guys just heard. So thank you again to Slushy for that. And speaking of serious sellers, though, we've got somebody who has helped sellers over the years sell hundreds of millions of dollars on Amazon. We've got Ben. Ben, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Bradley? Pretty good. So, you know, Ben here, for those who don't know, is the founder of Pressazon, but now he's one of my teammates here because uh, Pressazon is now part of the Helium 10 family, and, and we're definitely going to talk about that a little later. But but Ben, I'm not sure how much you, you listen to the show, but one thing we, we try and start off when somebody's on the show for the first time is we love to get your backstory because no matter if we're six-figure seller and eight-figure seller or we run a software company or whatever uh, it is, like we're, somehow we ended up here in the Amazon ecosystem in the same place, but we all come from such diverse backgrounds and both uh, from the educational side, from the life story side. So I love getting this background information. So where did you grow up? That's my first question, I guess. Yeah, I actually, like my young childhood was in the Midwest in Michigan, uh, but most of my middle school and high school is in Southern California. Okay. Okay. So growing up in, uh, in Michigan there, like, you know, you were like 10 years old. Uh, did you already have a vision of what you wanted to be when you quote unquote grew up, you know, for work? Like, did you, were you one of those baseball card entrepreneurs and flipping things or, or did you want to become a doctor or astronaut or what, what do you think you'd be? Race car, race car driver for sure. Uh, but also a mechanical engineer. And that's kind of what I ended up doing. Really interesting. Okay. So a nerd when he was Younger, I like it. Wanting to be a mechanical engineer. All right. So then you, you moved out here to California and then graduating from high school, did you go to college out here in California as well? Yeah, that's actually what brought me up to the Bay Area. So right now I'm living in San Francisco, but I came up here to go to school at Berkeley and study mechanical engineering. Cal Berkeley mechanical engineering. Yes, we have a nerd alert here. I, I love it. I love it. All right. So you got to fulfill your childhood dream of becoming a mechanical engineer and Upon graduating with such a degree, did you ever start working in, in that field? A little bit. I was doing some physical product design for a video game company, but then uh, the company realized that you know they needed somebody looking at the data. And that's you know kind of six months into my career, I made the transition from mechanical engineering to data science. Data science. Okay. So now how did you make the second transition from, from all of that into the e-commerce or, or more specifically the Amazon ecosystem? You know, I don't actually consider it a, a transition. I, the The tools that I've used and the the skills that I've used as a data scientist have, you know, stayed the same. I, I basically presses on is built off of a couple algorithms and and a bunch of you know data wrangling and you know kind of looking at the lowest level data that Amazon provides about advertising and figuring out how to how to make it work for sellers. 
I like it. I mean, even if we don't consider ourselves data scientists, I mean, anybody who is running sales on Amazon basically is by definition, almost a, a mini data scientist, you know, like to run your, your PPC, your download reports, you're analyzing the data, you're, you're making decisions based on that data. And, and that's what I guess data science is, is all about. So I totally, I totally feel where you're, you're coming from there. So how did you then just decide, Hey, I want to, to start, uh, you know, presses on what did you start just like helping Amazon sellers? Were you selling on Amazon yourself or, or how, how did presses on come to be? Yeah, we, uh, my two co-founders and I, Chris and Dana, we, uh, we all met at the company we, we had worked at previously. And uh, we all kind of decided to leave it around the same time and wanted to start something and, you know, kind of got interested in the, you know, FBA private label uh, kind of business. So we actually did do that. We, we started out selling on Amazon and we wanted to kind of build a, uh, you know, market analyzer and like look at all the data science behind it and you figure out what markets to get into. And so we, we did that for a bit and then decided that we actually just like building software more than we liked selling products. So when we started managing our ads, I, I was writing scripts to to just kind of download the search term report, you know, make bid automation adjustments and stuff like that. And then we we actually just pivoted and started doing that full time and you know never looked back. So so when did you actually start selling on Amazon yourself, you and your your partners? That was late 2015. What was your first product? Our first product was a poster hanger. A poster so it, it hanger? These, yeah, it was these uh, pieces of wood that had magnets in them and then you snap them together and you like pinch a poster between it basically. I, I still have a couple hanging in my house. They're pretty cool. So what was that your most popular one or what was your most popular product that, that you sold? Uh, the most popular was probably a cold brew coffee maker which uh, we kind of got wow. into right as cold brew is getting it, you know, getting exciting. And that, that was fun. Cause I like, I like coffee and it was cool to, you know, sell that product. We also sold a bread box. Uh, and that was, I think the coolest story from the data perspective, because we, uh, we built this app that helped us analyze markets. And we were actually walking around a trade show in Hong Kong. We came across this vendor selling a bread box. I was like, who buys bread boxes anymore? I didn't know anybody made them. Uh -huh. I didn't know anybody bought them. We put it in and sure enough, like tons of folks are buying bread boxes on Amazon. And the cool thing was that we saw a lot of volume all the way down through like page four, page five. We're like, okay, great. We don't even need to like ace it and be on page one here. We can be on page three and still kind of like hit our targets. So we we sourced a bread box and we, we got it on Amazon and uh, it did pretty well for a while. Interesting. Interesting. Now, did you sell your Amazon business once you saw that, like, you know, the, the, the software side was going to pretty much take up all your time or did you just like slowly phase out selling on Amazon or, or are you still selling on Amazon? No, we kind of phased it out. We just used it as a, uh, a test account basically. So we, we kept the inventory that we had and then we, we ran kind of experimental ads on it and just kind of saw what worked and what didn't, it, you know, it's super useful to have a, a real account to test stuff out on, but most of, uh, it, that's all phased out now. And, uh, you know, it's, it was just the software at the end of it. Okay. Now, one thing, you know, I, I heard, uh, about you guys is one of the things that kind of put you guys on the map was, was this blog that you had written, you know, a few years ago that kind of went mini viral about what was it about search term isolation? Was that it yeah. or? Yeah, that's right. 
So, so can you talk about that uh, a little bit, what that blog was about? And, and if, you know, that the, the strategies you talked about there, you think are still applicable in 2020 and 2021? Yeah, totally. So, um, we kind of got motivated to write that because we saw so many people giving bad advice about, you know, oh, you got to start up all these match types and you should be running like broad phrase exact on all of them. And it's like, whoa, 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 slow down. Like you, if that's what you're trying to do, you're, you don't actually understand how Amazon works. Like, you know, you really need to understand the auction. You need to understand, understand what gets entered into the auction, what keywords actually mean to Amazon, what they control, what the customer is experiencing. And we kind of essentially pulled all that apart and laid it out in really clear terms uh, in that blog post. And yeah, that, I think that really drove most of uh our, our signups and, you know, really changed how people thought about stuff. And, you know, so many folks copied us after that, but it's good. Cause like, I, I think it really just leveled up uh, how people thought about advertising and mm-hmm. didn't get them caught up in this weird trap where they were making super, super complicated accounts. And then, you know, what we saw a lot was people giving this advice and then they were also, you know, selling managed services. So folks would make these complicated, complicated accounts that they, could manage and then they'd have to hire <laughs> these guys to yeah. to manage their accounts. I'm like, no, 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 no. Keep it simple. You you'll you should be able to manage your own account. And that's what we tried to do with presses on. Okay. Now, you know, th- this is one of uh we, we have a series, and that's what this episode is, uh, that we call PPC talk, where uh, every uh, about you know seven eight weeks uh, or a little bit less, you know, we'll invite a PPC expert uh, either in-house or or a guest, you know, to talk about the latest strategies. And, and we've got some great experts who have come in from agencies and of course, Vince, you know, here at Helium 10. And, and we, we talk about, you know, things like sponsored display strategy and, and you know, sponsored brand ads and things like that. This one, you know, I wanted to do a little bit different because none of the ones I've invited here on the show really come from that data science background. You know, they've all got great strategies and, and it, they're very applicable, but I want to kind of like just bring a different flavor here and and take advantage of, of having someone like you. So thinking as a data scientist, you know, what are some things that you have discovered that Amazon sellers just aren't taking advantage of or or, or some strategies that that you implemented, you know, with presses on or any of the accounts that you manage that that really came from the, the, the more analytical side of of PPC as opposed to the, Hey, let's just make sure that we're targeting the right keywords or let's make sure that this sponsored brand has a nice image or things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a bunch of different answers to that and I'll, I'll start off by saying, you know, search term isolation was purely data driven. We actually just did a kind of checkup on it uh, for our presentation that we gave at uh, prosper show about a, a month ago. Uh, it wasn't even a month ago. It was a little bit less than that. And, I, that like, it, it just shows up in the data, like the, uh, search terms that have just one target targeting them, meaning one keyword targeting one search term perform better significantly than, uh, search terms that have a bunch of keywords targeting them. Uh, now there are, can can you take it a step back really quick? You know, I, I, sometimes I take this, I take for granted that people understand that term, but can you just give the, you, you kind of touch on it right there, but can you just define for, for those new to PPC, what search term isolation is? Totally. Yeah. Uh, thanks for, thanks for bringing us back. I think that, um, this is actually one of the easiest things to mess up, uh, about PPC in general, and it's the most important to get right. So 
uh, really happy to explain it in depth. So the search term is what the customer puts into the search box in Amazon. Uh, that's that's the customer's interface with Amazon, and that's what you want to target. And the targets, keywords and product targets, are how you tell Amazon to put you in front of that customer when they put that search term in the box. And so when I say target, I'm, I'm talking about you know broad phrase exact match keywords. I'm talking about auto campaigns. I'm talking about product targets. Uh, product targets are a little bit different because um, those show up on the product pages, but they're still a target type. So again, customer search term is what the customer puts in. Your keywords are how you communicate with Amazon about where you should get placed. And so search term isolation is really about taking one keyword and making sure that all of that search term traffic is going through that one keyword. What you don't want is like 10 exact match keywords plus a bunch of broad match and a bunch of auto campaigns all targeting the same search term because then Amazon gets final choice about which target that search traffic gets attributed to. And so that makes it really hard to manage your bids. It makes it really hard to manage your budgets because this traffic just keeps bouncing around all the time. Okay, let, let me let me let me just throw a counterpoint. You know, uh, of people who always bring this up when this debate comes up is, you know, we hear some people say, "Well, you know, I was doing well in this auto campaign for this keyword, or I was doing well in a broad match." So I'm like, "Oh, for sure, I need to make it an exact match so I can target it." Now, when I did that, I didn't get any impressions at all, and I had negative matched it on my broad so that I wasn't, you know, I I wasn't targeting it in two different campaigns or two different. Uh, you know, endeavors there, but now for whatever reason, I lost all my, all my juice. So is what you're saying maybe, Hey, yes, try that sometimes. But then the other thing that you could do is just don't put it to the exact menu. If it's doing great in the broad match, leave it there or, or what exactly uh, did, does the data show? So the important thing here is to know if you're looking at search terms or keywords. So what you don't want to do is say you're, say you're advertising, uh, top hats and you're you've got a broad match for top hat but people don't convert on top hat too much they they generally convert on like say your top hat is yellow for some reason now if somebody searches on yellow top hat they're definitely going to convert on yours because nobody else is selling that mm -hmm. but that's going to show up under your broad match top hat so if you pr promote top hat as in to from the broad match keyword to an exact match keyword Nobody was buying that anyway. They were all buying on the yellow top hat search term. Okay. So what you need to make sure you're doing is promoting from search term to keyword. Never go keyword to keyword because that the keyword doesn't actually mean anything. That's what yeah. you, that's what you tell Amazon. Search term is what the customer is searching. Okay. Okay. So then without the you know, in auto campaign, it's not keyword, you know, it's just a right. yeah. bunch of search terms. So like you're doing really, you know, like you do an auto campaign and you start converting, like, like let's just take the Project X coffin shelf. Like I, I remember there, there was always random words that, that would come up from the auto campaigns, which is the reason why you should run, you know, run auto campaigns. Cause you never know what, what, uh, you know, buyers might find relevant. So I, I think there was something where it was like goth decor, you know, which I had never thought about because I was just mainly doing like gothic, uh, decor or something. So I do three or four conversions in an auto campaign for the goth decor. So do I do, what do I do? Do I move it now to a broad match or do I move it directly to an exact manual? And then if so, do I negative match that now in the auto campaign? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So what I would do is I would move it to an exact match and negate it. Uh, I would actually move it to, I have three campaigns running. So I'd have an auto, broad, and exact. And I'd take uh, Goth Decor, make it a broad match so you can target that a little bit more specifically in your broad match and make it an exact match. And I would negate it in the auto. It's totally cool if you if you don't want to do that. Like you can move it over to just the exact. But the problem is if you if your bid is higher in the auto campaign for any reason, you're probably not going to get any traffic to the exact. Okay, so then what what if it happens though? Like like hey, we saw that on this search term, you know, I got a, a hundred impressions or a thousand impressions, and you know, I got uh, you know fifty clicks and and ten people bought it, you know, based on this, and now I moved it to. Uh, exact manual and just I can't get any impressions. Is that just a do I need to raise the bid or or do I just okay you know what it didn't work I'm gonna take it off of this exact and I'm gonna unnegate it from the auto and hope that Amazon starts showing me or, or what do you do in situations like that? Yeah, I mean if it if it's really just not working at all you're getting zero I would probably unnegate it and you know uh, that should fix the problem. Uh, but you know, check your bid. There are a lot of other campaign settings too. Make sure you're not running out of budget. Uh, there's all these uh, dynamic bidding settings. Make sure those are all the same. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff that if you've been, you know, trying to like play with your exact match to get it to do very specific things with all these campaign level settings, that could also uh, kind of surprise you if uh, if they're not doing exactly what you think they're going to do. Okay. You guys kind of focus a, a lot on, you had a lot of huge, huge Amazon sellers, you know, uh, six, seven, eight, nine figure sellers that were using your platform. So we have a lot of six, seven, eight figure sellers as well, listening to the show. So for, for larger sellers, when they would first come into the presses on platform, and, and then you guys obviously are, are taking a look at their, their campaigns, what was the biggest win that you would bring them like, oh my goodness, I can't believe these guys are doing this. This is going to be an easy thing that's going to really lower their A cost or it's really going to you know increase their their sales. Like what was the biggest common thing that you could usually bring sellers because they just didn't think about doing it on their own? I think it was uh there were a couple things, but the one that I would usually wow people with when I was on demo calls is going over to the search term explorer and then adding the keyword breakdown. And that shows you all of the targets that are targeting each search term. And this view is pretty hard to get in Amazon. Amazon doesn't provide it natively. And you have to do some pretty like trick Excel stuff to, to do it yourself. So just seeing this view, it's usually the first time they've seen it. And once they've, they understand what they're looking at, they have a totally different view of their account. So a lot of the times it's like, oh, wow, I'm, you know, I'm making a bunch more money uh, on this one or a, a common, scenario is like one target was way better ACOS, uh, but Amazon wasn't giving it the traffic because this other target was outbidding it. So most of the traffic was going to this other target that wasn't actually doing that well. So, you know, just cleaning that up uh, was really kind of the, the first thing that uh, most people did. Is that functionality available now or going to be available in the ads, the Helium 10 ads platform? Yeah, that's available in ads now, uh, and it's available in presses on. How would you run it in ads then to do that? Like, you know, we have a lot of listeners now who are using ads. So where would they go to be able to 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 see if that's happening to them? Yeah, you just go into analytics and then go to the search term level, and then there's a little toggle for keywords. Click that button, and then just you know, you'll immediately see what keywords are performing at different levels for each um, 
each search term. What I would do is that, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of data in your account, uh, if your budgets are kind of low, you know, look over a longer time period, maybe look over a month, maybe two months. And then you can say, okay, somehow, you know, this target was getting more traffic, but it was performing worse than this other target that wasn't getting as much traffic and was performing better. How do we move that search traffic over to this target that was performing better? That's, that's kind of what you should do. Okay, cool. Now, what about, I mean, I, I think that's actually probably applicable to any level uh, yeah. of Amazon seller, big yeah. or small, but, but going to the opposite side of the spectrum, like for, for newer sellers, you know, I'm sure you, you, you've dealt with a, a lot of newer sellers as well. What are some easy, easy wins that, that newer sellers, regardless if they're using ads or presses on, but just in general, what should somebody do? Hey, I'm launching my first product. For example, the first question is, or debate, I guess, is do, do we start a PPC from day one? Yeah. So, um, if you can get a couple of reviews first, that's always a great thing to do because, uh, ads, you, you can't put great ads on top of a bad product listing. Uh, ads are always, you know, with sponsored products, like it's always the star rating. It's always the images. It's always the price. You know, that's what your ad creative is. And so if you, you know, you need that to be good for there to be a good click-through rate and a good conversion rate. Um, so if you can get a couple reviews first, like that's definitely going to help. If you have the money to start ads right away, you'll start gathering data more. Uh, and, you know, click-through rate is going to be interesting. Conversion rate is probably going to be low, but it's still going to be interesting. Um, but the, the most important thing I can tell everyone, this goes for any level seller, if you're like just selling one product and you're just getting started, or if you've got a catalog of 10,000 products, simplify, simplify, simplify. What we see so often is people starting up way too many campaigns, way too many ad groups, splitting up everything in all these different ways. And, you know, it feels like you've got a lot of control when you do that. But a lot of the time, it actually just gives up a lot of control and it gives it to Amazon. And it makes it harder to figure out when things are going wrong. What else for brand new sellers should they keep in mind? You know, like, some sellers start freaking out because, you know, like it's very, very difficult to, to stay profitable in, in a launch, you know, with PPC or with anything, because that's, that's just how it is on Amazon with launch. But like, how do they know they're, they're losing too much money? Like, you know, I think we, most sellers should probably take a, a small hit, you know, because you, you want to take advantage of, of that initial, the initial bumps that, that Amazon gives you. Uh, you know, during your honeymoon period, both organically and it seems like on the PPC thing, they're a little bit more generous with where they show you. So, but then where do you draw the line as far as, you know, yeah, like don't spend $200 a day on, on PPC, uh, you know, if you're a new seller, like, like, do you have any lines that you draw there? You know, it's, it's never hard and fast, you know, for, there's not a blanket answer for everybody. Uh, this all comes down to what kind of capital you're starting with, what your goals are. You know, if you're trying to, you know, sell a thousand units a day at some point, then, you know, maybe, you know, your, your levels are a lot higher than somebody who's, you know, trying to sell one unit a day. So uh, it, it all kind of comes down to the specific business scenario. What I would say is, uh, you know, it's good to not go too crazy with a keyword research right in the beginning, especially if you're budget limited. Start off with keywords that you really think you have a good chance with. You know, you, what you don't want to do is be spending, say, 20 bucks a day on ads, but you're trying to research a thousand different keywords. You know, you divide those 
up and you know you're spending a couple cents per day per search term at the end of the day and you're just not going to get good data you're not going to get the traffic you want to the the keywords that you do have a good chance with so you know start with maybe like 10 maybe 20 keywords that you've like picked out because you think you can rank for them and you know you've used all the helium 10 tools to analyze your competition for and you know put all your money towards that in the beginning and once you get traction there then it's going to be much easier to run a profitable ad account okay all right excellent now Going back to you being a data scientist, uh, you came up with some really cool information based on a lot of data that you were you were doing analyzing Prime Day ad spend. And um, thanks to that data, I was able to turn that into a blog. So guys, you know, check out uh, helium10.com forward slash blog and then type in Prime Day PPC data or something like that. I'm sure I'm sure it'll come up. But but for those who didn't get a chance to read that blog, what what was your big takeaways when you, when you really analyzed you know tens of you know, millions of dollars uh, of sales from 2020 Prime Day compared to Prime Day 2019? Yeah, I mean, it, it, there wasn't as big of a bump in 2020 as there was in 2019. And, you know, that might have been due to, you know, s some of the folks already being at kind of a high level. And so there wasn't as much of an appetite to go up. But I thought the cool thing was that, you know, the folks who had really aggressive strategies still really reaped the rewards there. And I was looking at it really as a, you know, how is Q4 going to go? Like everybody's kind of, you know, looking at holiday season and like, okay, you know, have people saved up their money during COVID? Uh, do, do people have money to spend on gifts? Are they going to buy gifts for folks? Uh, you know, all these questions. And I think Prime Day was kind of a, a lead into that and a, a way to look at holiday planning. And what I can say for sure is that there's definitely there are definitely buyers out there and, you know, they're definitely looking for good deals. And if you have an aggressive strategy, uh, you can definitely take advantage of it. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. What else, what else can you, uh, can you tell us what uh, are some way different ways that people can maybe think about PPC, uh, regardless if we're talking sponsored brands or sponsored videos or, or sponsored product, et cetera, et cetera. Or how can they analyze their data in different ways to get uh, you know new insights that maybe they hadn't uh, thought about before? You know, what are some some tips and tricks that that you can give the uh, Amazon sellers out there? You know, always be testing. Uh, you know, it's I wish I could give you know blanket answers for that work for everybody, uh, but I think that you know the folks who come up with really creative strategies that work really well for their account uh, are are the ones who do the best with advertising. Let's talk about about the what it means to to those who are using Prestazon now, what it means for those who are using Helium 10 ads. What does the future hold now that we've kind of joined forces? You know, what, what's the next six months look like for the for the two platforms? Yeah, that that's a great and very important question. And you know, the reason we were excited to join forces is because there's so much data that Helium 10 has that can help. Uh, advertisers manage their account in more advanced ways. So, you know, bringing in this organic rank data that Helium 10 has, uh, bringing in uh, other, you know, search term or keyword suggestions or, uh, you know, competitive product listings and like bringing those into product targets. And I, there's just so much uh, kind of data exchange that can happen. And we're really excited to bring that power to both Helium 10 and presses on users. So um, yeah, I think you know everybody's gonna benefit a ton from this partnership.
So, so Ben, like what if somebody out there is using either presses on that they're using helium 10 ads, or maybe they're just running their own PPC and they have a request or a suggestion on what they would like to see from, from helium 10 ads software. How can people, you know, reach out to us to, to give us their suggestions? Yeah. I mean, you can just message me directly at ben.a at helium10.com. I would love to hear ideas from, uh, advertisers and Helium 10 ads users and presses on users about what they want to see in the product. Because, you know, we're designing this product right now. We're designing all the features that uh, we're going to start releasing in 2021. And, you know, we want to make sure that we're building the stuff that you guys want. So just drop me a message, ben.a at helium10.com. And, uh, and yeah, just looking forward to hearing what everybody has to say. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, what, uh, you know, let, let's go ahead and, and talk about some of these newer things that maybe before were only available to vendors, you know, such as, you know, the videos and, and sponsored display and things like that. You know, I know it's still kind of new to the seller central side overall, considering the, you know, the age of, of, of PPC on Amazon, the platform itself. I mean, it's been around for a few, you know, quite a number of months now, but, but in the last, you know, six months in the you know, the customers that you had who were kind of taking advantage of of this now being open to brand registered sellers, what are some of the easy wins that sellers uh, on how they should be utilizing sponsor display and sponsor brand ads? Definitely, I've heard a lot of good stuff about videos. Um, you know, folks are seeing great conversion right there and they don't have to be super complicated videos, but uh, just getting that moving image in, in front of folks you know, gets them onto your product page. I've also heard a lot of good things about uh, sponsored display product targets. So product targeting is important. We've got some cool feature releases coming up with uh, both presses on and ads around product targets uh, and sponsored display. So, you know, keep your ears open for that. Um, but yeah, kind of just, you know, experimenting with all these new ad types is, is a good idea. And I think that the as time progresses, you can kind of like read the tea leaves. Amazon's investing a lot in uh, helping sellers and vendors brand, uh, right? So like vendors were all brands, but you know sellers didn't have to have their own brand. But I think Amazon's starting to give a lot more tools around that so that sellers can you know establish themselves as a brand. All right, guys, now it's time for a, a new feature that I'm going to be placing randomly throughout every episode, and that's going to be called a BTS. No, it is not the Korean boy band that is world famous and that my daughter loves, but this is uh, Bradley's 30-second uh, Bradley's 30 second tips. We're going to have the, you know, the, uh, or the 30-second tip from Ben a little bit later, but, but every episode, I want to give you my 30-second tip, and mine for this one is about how you spend or how you pay for your PPC. So by default, usually how Seller Central charges you for whatever you're spending on PPC is they take it out of your, your disbursement or the money that you make on Amazon. Well, there's a feature that you can go in there and check, change your settings, put it to a credit card, either a credit card that gives you cash back or a credit card that gives you points. Because you, depending on how much you ramp up your PPC, you're gonna get thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of points. Like me, I have not paid for a flight and I can't remember how long, thanks to credit card points. So guys, don't just let it take the money out of your disbursement for paying for PPC. Put it on a credit card so that your PPC is working for you in another way.
Cool, cool. Now, I, I've been doing a lot of deep dives into data. I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a data scientist, but I, I would call myself a, a data nerd because I, I just love diving into to data, especially related to launches. And, and I've been doing a lot of case studies, you know, analyzing the, the honeymoon period and how, just how ridiculous sometimes and how different it is than, than how the algorithm works normally. Like, you know, there was a one launch I did, I'm, I'm going to write about it soon. I think the, one of the keywords had like 70,000 searches and, and I just, I, I went ahead and just did a, a quick experiment and I did a search find buy, you know, I got three people to search for a certain keyword, find the product and buy it. And it was ridiculous. A 70,000 search volume keyword and zero reviews on this product, but it was brand new. And I think I got to page one, you know, on it. And then another thing I noticed too is, is on the ad side. It just seems, you know, I, I don't dive too deep into, into the, into to PPC, but I'm like, man, like I'm just getting so many different, uh, impressions and really, really just getting a wide, a wide net. And I'm really getting great placement on some of these impressions too. Like, have you ever studied that? Like on newer listings, how it, it just seems like on an algorithm, the algorithm side, Amazon is giving organic and PPC love to these newer listings. You know, I, I haven't done a really broad study on that, but I definitely see it in accounts, you know, I'll analyze a new account and they'll, you know, I've just started a new campaign. And the impressions will go sky high for like a couple of days and then they'll come back down. And I mean, I see this as a consumer too. Like when I search on Amazon, sometimes I'll see this product with like, you know, 15 ratings and, uh, you know, the, all the ones around it have like 4,000 ratings and, you know, it's page one and it's like, how did that get there? <laughs> you know, but I, from, from an algorithm design perspective, it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, what Amazon's doing is testing the waters, like. They've got, you know, all this, you know, millions of impressions of, you know, search traffic to, to play with. And what they want to do is maximize uh, the, you know, putting the best product in front of the customer every time over the long run. And so what they'll do is they'll, you know, toss in these kind of wild cards and, you know, see what happens. And if you do well, then they'll give you some more love uh, as time goes on. And if you don't, then they know. So, it, yeah, it, it's you know, as a data scientist looking at, you know, how I would design that algorithm, it's definitely important to make a good impression uh, in those, you know, first couple of days. Excellent. All right. Now, speaking of, you know, first few days and things, you know, I'm sure people have, have come to you for help with, with launching. And, you know, of course, of course, you know, I, I mentioned search find buy, and of course there's Facebook ads that you can do to help. And people use many chat. Everybody has their own launch strategy, but, but a lot of people nowadays, they love to be able to just try and launch, you know, with PPC, a lot of people are doing that. So in your experience with helping sellers with their launches, what are, you know, did you guys have specific strategies? Like, did you, do, do you choose certain keywords that are like the hero keywords? And then you just go with this ridiculous budget on them to try and get that first place 24 hours a day, you know, in search results or, or, or what is your advice I know we could probably do a whole podcast episode just about this, but in the next couple of minutes, like what is your general advice if somebody just wants to use PPC for when they launch a new product? Yeah, I mean, there's kind of no replacement for budget. You know, you can you can dominate ads if you have the money. And so starting off with a really high bid, high budget to just kind of see what happens those first few days, you know, if you can stomach it, let it run for two weeks and see what happens. That's going to get you a ton of really great data. 
And then you can make really solid decisions after that. The the way to mess it up and to lose a bunch of money is to kind of, you know, not have that big of a budget and like, you know, watch it every single day super closely and like pause things if they don't seem to be working right away. You don't want to do that. You want to let it run for a bit so that you can, you can gather this data. You can think about it as buying data. The first two weeks is just buying data. And then you make your optimization adjustments and then you can like actually start you know, seeing some returns on those ads. Okay, good to know. Now, you've been giving us a lot of tips and uh, strategies throughout this episode, but we want to do the t- or the TST. That's a section of our show that you give a 30-second tip. So what's something that's highly actionable, highly valuable that our listeners can do PPC-related that you can say in 30 seconds or less? Cool. Okay, Bradley. So my 30-second tip is to do what I was saying earlier. Go into the search term level in analytics and Helium 10 ads and expand the keywords and see if you have two exact match keywords that are equivalent advertising on in the same ad group. So let's say you have uh, top hat and top hats. Those are the same to Amazon. And if you have both of those, you're directly competing against yourself. So just make sure you pause everything that's equivalent so that you just have one targeting that main search term. Cool, I like it. One last question I had that just kind of came to me though is, have you ever cracked the PPC algorithm on on how Amazon kind of, you know, deems the relevancy, you know, because because obviously internally to Amazon, that's kind of like what drives their their algorithm, you know, and why some products, first of all, they won't give impressions to because it just they don't think it's it's relevant to that category. You know, other ones, it's really easy because, you know, hey, you have that phrase like in your title. And then to Amazon, it sends those relevancy signals. So it's like, oh yeah, this is obviously very relevant to this keyword. You know, there, there's no necessarily public relevancy score that Amazon gives outside of that Amazon recommended thing that we have because you know th- that just shows what weight Amazon gives when they recommend. But we, I don't personally always see that tying directly to to impressions and and how cheap my bid is and things. So what can you tell us about what you've cracked as far as? how we can get Amazon to really understand that this keyword is relevant and they need to show me for this in ads? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think it's, it's the thing that will never be revealed. You know, that's, that's how Amazon, you know, uh, keeps the control that they want so that, uh, you know, they, they can kind of place ads where they want. And that's, um, they have a lot more data than we do. Right. So like they, we we don't get any advertiser data. We or sorry, we don't get any consumer data. We just get search data. So we know what they're searching for, but we don't know, you know, how old they are, what they bought last, what page they were on previously. Amazon has all that. So I think, you know, if I were Amazon, the way I would dictate relevance is, you know, what else do I know about that shopper? Are they in market? Uh, what do they click on people who were in that market previously? Did they have a good conversion rate on your product? That kind of stuff all leads into this relevant score. So the things that you can control or the things that you can get feedback on is, you know, click through rate and conversion rate. Those are the most important by far. So make sure people are clicking on your ads, making, make sure people are buying your product that doesn't, you can't solve that with ads. You just solve that through having a better product, more competitive price, better images, uh, better title, all of that. So really getting back to, I think what I started off this conversation with, 
you can't put great ads on top of a bad product. You have to focus on that pro- that product listing and and get that to a good place. That will determine your relevancy. That'll determine your uh, CTR, conversion rate, all that stuff. Cool. All right. Well, Ben, uh, thank you so much for joining us here on this episode and joining our our, our company here. Your your team is definitely uh, adding in like so much insight, you know, to to what we know uh, and what we teach about ads. And and I know we're gonna have, be able to do a lot of uh, a lot of content uh, together, you know, you and and your teams. That's really gonna help people with their PPC strategy. So uh, we look forward to having you on on a future PPC talk where you can give uh, some more data science dumps on us. Awesome. Thanks, Bradley.